Paradise Rescued is a sustainable, environmentally friendly, award-winning Bordeaux micro-winery, hand-producing fine organic wine. Our mission is to maintain the rural heritage of our village in Cardan, Bordeaux, France. Paradise Rescued has a clear international vision and a passion for providing personal customer service. and welcome to this edition of the Paradise Rescued Bordeaux Bits podcast. My name is David Stard and I'm the founding director of Paradise Rescued. In this edition, I thought we'd have a little bit of a, um, a discussion, a narrative about the season that was, that's season 2021. And obviously, season 2022 is now underway with uh, with pruning essentially all done and ready. Um, and uh, we're, we're hoping, obviously, for a great season ahead. Um, but one of the most frequent questions I get asked is, is, David, how did season 2021 go in Bordeaux? There's not been a huge amount in the media about the overall season of 2021. Certainly at the beginning as the frost struck both Bordeaux, Champagne, Burgundy, many parts of northern Italy as well, there was quite a lot written. But subsequently as the season sort of descended into what I've described as the season from hell in Bordeaux, um, there's not been too much news about it otherwise. And in Bordeaux, wine is is different to the rest of the media in that certainly not all the bad news sells well. Um, We liked a good story about having wine that is nice, brilliant, and what a fantastic vintage is going to be. The overall summary tagline for Bordeaux will not be one about of a vintage that is is memorable across the the region. Um, but as you will see as we go through this, there are going to be some selected pockets of absolute excellence and brilliance in that process. And we hope that we're going to be uh, part of that story. Once again in 2021, as is quite often the case, um, the, the advantage was with organic artisanal um, producers. Uh, hands-on was critical, and you'll see exactly what I mean as we go through this. But let's start, you know, right at the beginning of the story, the story that is season, um, vintage season 2021 in Bordeaux. Um, first up, winter was not particularly cold. Um, that's probably good for, for human beings, but not so great for, for vines who do require some cold. And um, with a very limited amount of frost to push the sap down, everything starts to grow very quickly as soon as the, the light starts to come back um, around the end of February. And with a little bit of uh, heat, that um, warmth perhaps is a better word, um, the vines tend to get going very quickly. And uh, bud bursts certainly started uh, in our corner of the Bordeaux vineyards in mid-March. And by mid-April, the first leaves were out and the shoots were, were growing successfully. But that success was somewhat uh, short-lived because on two consecutive nights of uh, April 27th and 28th, um, the skies cleared and the temperatures dropped below zero for, for several hours. And... At that time of the season, just a couple of degrees below zero zero can be um, fairly fatal. Um, We were quite lucky, uh, really, with only a very small percentage of our vines that were burnt. 
because with a couple of hours of frost, what happens is those little leaves, that are the soft foliage that has just burst through from the bud, they are extremely sensitive and not hardy at all to a frost. So a couple of hours at minus, let's say, two, um, basically dries those leaves out. And the next morning you wake up and you've got um, effectively looks like tobacco leaves sitting on your plants and all of those buds are already dead for the year. The impact of these late frosts also has a knock-on effect on future seasons as well because the you rely on, obviously, um, a good healthy cover of foliage in order to progress the plant for the following year and to produce the shoots and uh, the buds on those shoots that, from which you will prune and create the, uh, the plant for the following year. And... If you end up with a frost as severe as this was in a lot of cases, um, that damage can go on for more than a couple of years. Um, because one of the things that always comes out in, in when we talk about uh, pruning is that you don't just prune for one year ahead. You're pruning for a minimum of two and possibly a third as well. So you're setting up the design of that whole vine for the future. And when you've got kind of nothing to work with when you come around to the following uh, winter to uh, to cut with then you've got a significant damage and the whole repair of that plant takes a fair amount of time and even if the the buds or shoots are not lost or there's a very small percentage lost in our case there is still a level of trauma that is felt by the plant um, and this tends to favour and to push out the development of what we call second shoots, which start quite often growing from the, the more from the underside of the main spur of the branch. And as we'll see later on, the, the combination of several effects in 2021 meant that that wasn't a, wasn't a great idea or desirable either. The, the point here is also needs to be made is that uh, this has become a phenomenon that is more frequent in Bordeaux over the last number of years. The last, uh, let's say, late frost was 2017, and that reflects very much on the, the, the vintage 2017 uh, as well. Um, but this is becoming um, more common, and you're seeing more examples of that probably in areas uh, like Burgundy, where it, it is a major difficulty in, in the majority of seasons now and this is happening largely because of the climate warming up uh, it does mean that you don't get winters that are so deep which means that the sap is not forced down into the ground and at the first sign of a bit of warmth and some light then the plant is up and running again so you've got bud burst that is starting much earlier and as a result of that um, with a certain amount of late frost occurring as well and that is also more of a new phenomenon um, because of the the changes um, those new leaves get caught and so we're tending to see this tending there and quite a lot of effort going on um, from, from bigger producers to work out exactly how you can, I guess the word is control mother nature and prevent those, those frosts causing the extensive, extensive level of damage that they have done. After that challenging start to the season, overall, speaking very generally, the, the fruit itself set well that meant that the the flowers came out there were a lot of flowers particularly on our uh, merlot vines 
and um, during the after what's called the floraison, the, the flowering, the the fruit effectively converted from micro little little buds with flower heads on them into what I call baby peas or into tiny little potential berries for the fruit for the uh, the season coming. So they promised to be a pretty good potential um, volume. Um, crop at that stage and then it rained um, water is obviously very much part of the the natural ecosystem that you you require for nature to uh, to help make uh, good good anything pretty much with um, from from the soil in terms of plants and um, fruit um, but over a 10-day period at the end of the June, certainly in our locality, um, the, the rain gauge topped out um, at more than a metre of rain in that 10-day period. Um, so this was a really big wet. Certainly the sloping sections of our, we call our Hercat Sud or our Cabernet Franc, the original Cabernet Franc vineyard, um, the streams of water were running for, for two weeks afterwards, literally through the vineyard. And some young, recently planted baby vines, we always like to re replace any gaps that we have, um, were essentially just completely washed away by the torrents of water. And at that point, or from that time onwards, of course, the humidity level in the vineyard was now extremely high. Uh, the vineyard soils were soaked, conditions were perfectly set for, for, for fungal disease to, uh, to break out. And so the mildew began um, with <laughs> amazing vengeance, horrible vengeance. Uh, leaves went white and grey and, and finely brown. Fruit, um, berries of fruit started out grey and brown and then shriveled up and, and, and died sitting on their uh, bunches. Uh, despite multiple efforts and our usual regime of uh, micro-preventative uh, treatments, um, and I should add here, despite, from what I could see, any um, system of treatment, be it organic or uh, conventional or chemical or whatever, um, they all had moderately little impact, uh, to be honest. Um, we also started including in there some biodynamic sprays to, to help, and particularly in the recovery phase. But effectively, it was, it was too late for any treatments once the mildew is up and running. Um, you can continue to, to add a little bit more treatment or recovery, but uh, essentially it's a way and going. Machinery was useless, and uh, it, was, it was down to what I would describe as hand-to-hand as -hand combat. Uh, the Merlot suffered the worst, the Cabernet Franc much less, and uh, in particular that Hercat Sud uh, Cabernet Franc block we talked about uh, resisted the attack from mildew extremely well. Normally when you get to what's called the Verraison, or the, the colour change time, which is towards, say, the end of July, beginning on August, continuing to advance a bit with, with climate change, but normally around that time, that's usually the point where you can relax because um, as the vine starts that process, it also, the impact of fungal diseases like mildew um, stop. But this year, um, the vines continued to um, suffer and that process of, of going through the vines and selectively cutting off and re removing damaged and uh, contaminated fruit, um, as well as damaged dead leaves, just continued to go on right the way through into to September. 
it was it was a daily and I mean absolutely every day a slow painstaking process for the team working you know and it, it, it was it's hot in the afternoon so you start early and you work four or five hours in the morning um you know but the humidity is, is massively oppressive and um trying to com- combat the disease with other things and other micro sprays uh, only had certain limited amount of impact in a couple of micro videos um taken in the, the vineyard um uh, I actually got to the point of wondering whether we were going to succeed at all. Um, uh, it, it had gone through all parts of the cycle and, and too much rain in June had almost been replaced by by too little. And um, the increasing ripeness and increase in sugar um, or the decrease in acidity really had started to slow to nothing as the the vine struggled to overcome the impact from the the mildew and to work their way forward towards uh, maturity at that stage things weren't really looking very pretty i mean there were sections particularly at the the merlot vineyard where there was no fruit left at all there was nothing that uh, could be recovered or or saved for other people who didn't have the advantage of of doing it by hand um they were just what i describe as dirty brown black shriveled up i can't call them bunches really because they were just sticks um hanging off the the underside of the the canopies on, on many vineyards Eventually, though, 25 millimetres of rain did finally fall in September and um, ripening was able to, to, to restart and get back on target um, for a date, really. The date with destiny is always um, harvest, and that started to look like uh, the beginning of October. Um, and that is our, our latest date for, uh, for many, many a, a year. Over the past, I would say, um, at least five or six years, the harvest has typically been around the third or fourth week of September. And again, that is something that is advancing as the, the climate variation comes upon us. So it was all set pretty much for the first weekend of um, October. Um, very clear skies and cool nights became the new standard replacing the continual humidity and at least the advantage of those cool nights is that it provides greater or better conditions for advancing phenolic ripeness and the real what i call the taste maturity of those uh, those grapes and uh, that was very common for a lot of uh, september and the the taste particularly on, on the grapes was 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 excellent and it was then just a question of coaxing the sugar to a level before the inevitable next bit sets in is that um, that is you don't want the grapes to rot so there's always that balance to be achieved between um, at harvest time between the right level of sugar the right maturity and avoiding the next stage which is usually um, some sort of gray or, or green type of rot so as I say, there's always that that balance, that fine balance to be uh, to be achieved, um, and it comes down as usual, sort of a team decision based on daily inspections, taking measurements, uh, measurements of the, of the sugar concentration, tasting uh, samples, doing a little bit of laboratory analysis as well to to see what's going on. Um, but yeah, you've got that balance between leave the berries too long, and you end up with 
you know, bunches of, of mush, been there once, not funny, um, and you don't leave them long enough up there, then the sugar levels won't be high enough and the ripeness may be not sufficient. In our case, the sugars were still a little bit uh, lacking as we went into harvest, but it was that time for the decision. And once again, uh, I'm pleased to say the, the, the team made the absolutely uh, the best, uh, best uh, decision of the date. As always, weather, mother nature and the data all part of, play a role that goes into that decision of which day to, uh, to harvest on. And that's pretty much the, the sort of decision-making process and the story of how we came to land on Saturday, Saturday 2nd of October as the date for harvest. And for this year, again, relatively unique. Normally for us, we harvest the Merlot one week in advance of Cabernet Franc, and that's the way it plays out. And again, the data drives that, um, but that's normally the way it works because Merlot is a, has a, a shorter or a faster season than, than Cabernet Franc and ripens um, more early, which is one of the, the, the challenges that we should talk about in another podcast coming up for Merlot in the Bordeaux, in the Bordeaux region. Um, but this year, yep, it all came together on the one day, and uh, that's what the, the grapes in the vineyard uh, told us. Overall, the Cabernet Franc stood up pretty well with a, uh, a reasonable yield of fruit, and, and what we think is uh, is really high quality fruit and with a good potential to make some excellent uh, block one. The Merlot, as I sort of alluded to earlier, has really suffered significantly, um, and it highlighted also the susceptibility to um, fungal disease. And I always call Merlot really is the, is the, the prince, um, certainly in the Bordeaux context, the prince of grape varieties there because um, when it's absolutely on song, it, it, it dances, it tells you, it shows you, it's happy, it's everything. Um, but when it's a little bit under the weather, or in the case of 2021, um, yeah, it, it really, really suffered. And uh, its susceptibility to mildew um, is, is really very evident from this vintage. Overall speaking, our volumes are down significantly. Our volume of Merlot is down dramatically. Um, we probably harvested in total uh, three quarters of a tonne of fruit from our uh, three tenths of a hectare uh, block, um, making about four, in the end, four hundred litres or so, or four hectolitres of wine in total. But judging by the colour and our initial tastes, the, the quality of that small quantity um, is very high. And as, as you well know, listening here, we, we don't try to push volume at the expense of quality. Uh, we like to make really the best possible wine. Um, but in this case this year, <laughs> that, that figure was, was way lower than what we would, would, would like. Um, but I'm hoping and optimistic that the quality is going to be exceptional. I've never seen young wines with that colour before. And there's a couple of factors here at play. Firstly, yeah, there was lower yields overall, um, but I also think there's great maturity in the on, the on the fruit component, even though the sugars were were low and the alcohol levels will be a touch low as well. But the quality of those young wines, I think, is going to be exceptional. And together with what we're seeing, which is a progressive and steady but continual improvement in the quality 
of our vineyard, what we're starting to see is that we're much more easily and more naturally getting a more dense um, colour to the wines, and that's also starting to reflect through in a much more concentrated uh, fruit taste. So what's the, the, the summary and the prognosis for for, for 2021. Most of you are aware, and I certainly believe if you're <laughs> in the wine industry um, these days or anything in agriculture, you have to have a fairly strong level of what I always describe as a tough-minded optimism. You have to have a certain amount of pragmatism, but you have to believe that you're going to make a better harvest the following year or a better wine or a better whatever. And uh, But looking back and reflecting on it, um, there are not great volumes of the wine from 2021. Um, certainly we were more fortunate than many who were more severely impacted by the frost part of the bad news for the year but overall I believe that the quality will be very good I'm reserving judgment on whether that's going to be exceptional until we see how it matures in barrel right now the wines are as of uh, this time of talking to you in the uh, first weekend of march 2022 are sitting in vat just waiting to be uh, racked off again into barrel and to do their barrel maturation for the next uh, 10 months or so um I think there's a lot of promise. I think, uh, yes, certainly the quality uh, will be will be good. It's just a question of how good that is. And uh, but I'm hopeful that that will certainly continue to uh, follow on in the traditions that we have uh, done our best to establish over time. So I think that's just about pretty much wraps up the season. You'll hear as we go on my my views and thoughts on how those wines are progressing. And I look forward to sharing with uh, with you Milo's views in uh, in the near future. This has been another episode of Bordeaux Bits, the podcast series by Paradise Rescued. 2021, the Bordeaux season from hell. If you'd like to have more news and follow us through the seasons at Paradise Rescued, please go to our website at paradiserescued.com and become a member of our family and receive the news directly from us. You can also see our pictures and our daily activity on our Instagram page and on Facebook. My name's David Stannard. Thank you for joining us again. 